0: Play the Game 2017. Now in its 10th edition, the Play the Game conference is underway this weekend. Hello everybody, I'm Ed Hula with this latest edition of Around the Rings Radio. More than 400 delegates, including Around the Rings, will converge on Eindhoven in the Netherlands beginning Sunday for the 10th edition of Play the Game. This conference, held every two years, presents discussions and debate on some of the most controversial issues involving sport today. This year's program will be no exception. The Russian doping controversy, corruption in the IOC vote for host cities, and the pernicious problem of sexual abuse against young athletes are all on the agenda play the game dealing with these hot issues with some of the world's experts and opinion makers. The conference was started in 1997 by Danish journalist Jens Sayer Andersen. He is now the international director of Play the Game, and he joins us today. First, with some reflections on the changes for Play the Game in the years since he founded it back in 1997. On the
1: occasion of our 20th anniversary and 10th uh, conference, I have asked myself, what has really changed? And in some ways, you can argue that the challenge has really changed, because for the first 12, 13 years of our existence, the issues that we addressed here were really taboo. They were non-issues. People who attended our conference risked their reputation at the heart of the Olympic movement. Today, especially after the FIFA FIFA corruption became widely known and match-fixing became generally accepted, we're talking about for the past six or seven years, um, over that time, over those six or seven years, all these issues that were taboo, they are now all over the international agenda. You would hardly find an international sports meeting, even when organized by the Olympic movement, that does not somehow refer to these issues. So in some way, our challenge, uh, the play the games challenge, have changed. So we must now be more focused on how can we find qualified solutions. And yet, the challenge remains the same. Think about what is happening in the Russian doping crisis. very recently, the honorary president of the Russian Olympic Committee issued death threats or death wishes over the whistleblower Rodchenko, who is hiding in the uh, United States, and I think he's applying for asylum there. No one has commented on that death threat. No one has told the honorary president that he should keep that kind of thinking to himself, that it's totally unacceptable to have that tone in the international sports debate. Sport should be about, uh, living together and not about risking our lives together. And so should uh, the sports debate, of course. So in, you can say we have a climate now where some of the issues are at risk of becoming taboo again because it's dangerous or very inconvenient, or the debate take place in in a so politicized environment that you really feel uncomfortable speaking up because you will be taken hostage by one or the other uh, political opponent.
0: In the case of the uh, anti-doping crisis that we have right now, particularly involving Russia, can we talk a little a little bit about the people who will be speaking at the conference on this? Craig Reedy, head of the World Anti-Doping Agency. Um, you'll have Richard Pound, Richard McLaren as among the speakers as well. You Travis Tigert. Travis Tigert, um, who has been invited after the apparent withdrawal of the Russian sports minister from the conference. Tell us a little more about that. uh, Travis Tigert was actually uh,
1: invited uh, long before because he has been one of the more vocal national, uh, leading one of the more vocal national anti-doping agencies. It's interesting that the national anti-doping agencies uh, are organizing themselves in the light of the Russian crisis and especially when the IOC uh, chose not to take a decision about Russian participation in the Rio games. So they have become a new group, much to the displeasure and dismay of the IOC, who has openly expressed that, uh, well, in a kind way, asked them to shut up. Um, So Travis was invited uh, way before. It was a very big pleasure for us, like, I think, around one month ago, ...that uh, the Russian uh, sports minister announced his presence. Then, for reasons we do not know, 10 days later, he withdrew his his, uh, attendance. Then, Rosada said enthusiastically they would come. And then, three days later, they also apologized. You get this feeling that there are bigger forces in this game that are sending messages that a public debate, and especially not one perhaps happening at an independent forum like Play the Game, that a public debate should not take place.
0: Now, some people are happy to come here and talk about some of the controversies involving their particular sport projects, such as the head of the World Cup 2022 in Qatar.
1: Exactly. And that is uh, uh, that he has accepted, uh, Hassan Al-Tawadi has accepted our invitation, I think earns him much credit because it is, of course, easier to such a conference to be the one criticizing than the criticized. On the other hand, I think that he sets a very good standard that sport leaders from democratic countries and democratic organizations could learn a lot from. Uh, I am uh, I have always focused on the people who chose to come to our conference more than those who decided to stay away. Uh, the number of people who attend the conference is is rapidly increasing. We are now way above 400 participants. But, very notably, the IOC never sends really high-ranking political leaders to the conference. Although, I'm sure that the IOC could actually gain some understanding for some of their uh, arguments. Uh, In the other direction, uh, a very interesting a development is that FIFA actually asked to be invited this time. When you compare with the situation 10 years ago, we would invite FIFA, but they would kindly decline if they would at all answer to our invitations. And instead, they would send people who would not wear a FIFA name tag, but who would be, uh, let's say, spying for FIFA they were taking
0: um, notes. They were taking notes. They
1: were me. taking notes. And they were taking notes on particular people and particular sessions. Uh, and uh, it, w- usually we knew we could, we could figure uh, why they were there. And they were treated as kindly as anybody else. But it was a strange experience that in this very open public conference, that FIFA felt that they could only appear in disguise. But okay, this is another example that times uh, have changed. FIFA, uh, since its, uh, devel- uh, its director of sustainability, Federico Adiecki, uh, now. And uh, I would not exclude that one day a uh, political leader FIFA would, would uh, also join. But um, this is, it shows something about that sport has come some way in accepting that it must be in a dialogue with public, but there is still a lot of progress that is yet to be made.
0: Uh, Two two guests, two panelists who I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say are the prosecutors involved with the corruption case involving the vote buying that took place allegedly around the vote for the Rio 2016 Olympics. You've invited, as one of the guests, the Brazilian prosecutor in this case, as well as the prosecutor from France who's been pursuing this investigation. Uh, What are you expecting to hear from these guests? Well, uh, although I am very happy about all our guests and all
1: our speakers, uh, I must say uh, it made me particularly happy that we can get a direct uh, information from the authorities that have the maximum investigation powers. Over the years, it has been our experience that when investigative journalists and whistleblowers spoke out, they were accused of being aggressive, exaggerating, self-seeking, and what have we. But one thing they were never accused of was to underestimating the size of the challenge that they were discussing whether we talked FIFA corruption match fixing uh, uh, or any uh, doping uh, cheating or any other issue but when first the public prosecutors step in like the FBI or like the French authorities then it is for everybody to see that the critics were not exaggerating They were not getting the full picture, actually. It proved in all these cases to be much, much worse than even the worst critics could imagine. So, it is very encouraging that we have these people uh, coming. um, And uh, I look very much forward to their presentations. And by the way, uh, let's say a, a bonus info for your listeners... For those who cannot go to Eindhoven in the Netherlands next week, all the main sessions will be live-streamed, and um, uh, many of the site sessions also, and there will be a number of sessions who may not be live-streamed, but later, very soon, come as video on demand on our website, playthegame.org. That's,
0: I guess, one of the big changes you've seen for the conference over the years, the Adaptation of technology, how it helps you get the word out.
1: It is true. In the first conference, when preparing it, we spent I don't know how many evening hours trying to get faxes through to uh, African countries on very thin telephone lines. This is a work we do not have to, to... Today we are overwhelmed by the amount of emails we then have to respond. But at least we are not standing... Uh, with a sense of futility in front of a, a, a fax machine, which many of your listeners may not even know what is, but uh, but that was really hard work. Technology has really changed the pictures. At that time we had the internet was just starting up and we had a word file with the conference program put on the internet. and there were actually two of our guests who came because they discovered it. But uh, two out of uh, 100 people, well that was a very little uh, uh, portion everything was by snail mail and
0: uh, uh fax it sounds like the early days of around the rings as well and you say this is, this year's conference will be the biggest ever for the for play the yes. game i think that finally we have
1: reached the quantity of participants that justifies the whole big setup and the public grants and uh, all the efforts done by speakers and uh, uh, supporters. Uh, earlier, we have had to tell ourselves, well, quantitatively, we may not be really where we want to be, but uh, the quality compensates uh, for that uh, lack of um uh, quantity i think we have had a reasonably nice participation with 350 people over the past two conferences but this time i think we will get very near to 450 and that's actually a very fitting size i don't think we should grow very much beyond that because it's also a conference that wants to favor networking dialogue time to discuss informally and uh, i'm not sure that uh, um if we go much beyond the 450 people, that we can keep the informal uh, and lively atmosphere that we are also known for.
0: Well, good luck with everything next week. Yen, uh, uh, Sierra Anderson, who is the international director for Play the Game, again, good luck with the conference next week.
1: Thanks a lot. Kind of you to, to uh, invite us to the program.
0: And Around the Rings will be on hand in Eindhoven for Play the Game. Around the Rings reporter Kevin Nutley will be on the scene filing from the event, and we look forward to his reports. Thanks very much for joining us on today's edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Around the Rings editor Ed Hula. Have a great day.